Today on The Future of Fandom, we deep dive into the next-gen experience and how to own it. My name's Adam Connor, I'm your host, and on this episode, we take a look at StockX and how it stays ahead of the curve and even ahead of its brand partners in this realm of consumer connection via their chief marketing officer, Dina Bari. StockX is known for sneakers, streetwear, accessories, collectibles, and everything in between. It's also been able to harness hype and build an ocean of fans drop by drop. And today, Dina chats about how they stay close to next-gen consumers in the physical, digital, and digital worlds. Yes, I love that word. I said own it at the beginning for a reason. It's StockX's new brand platform, and they hope it will layer another critical element of the next-gen consumer into their own experience, the desire and the need to belong as an individual. We explore that more deeply as well. Dean has been on the cutting edge for years, and over the next half hour, you'll see why. So let's collab for a little while and predict the future with StockX and Dina Bari. Dina, how are you? Thank you so much for chatting with me. Hi, Adam. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. And chatting with you again, by the way, listeners, uh, it's not been on this podcast stream, but I have interviewed Dina before in a similar vein, specifically how to harness hype, which we will talk a little bit about today, I think. I think that it is certainly relevant to uh, this idea of fandom. And we'll get to that. We'll get to the other F word here, which is future. But the first thing uh, that I want to do, I'm guessing most people who listen to this know what StockX is. If they don't, where the hell have they been? What is StockX, Dina? (laughs) I hope everybody knows, but... um... Just in case, StockX is the leading global platform for trading and consuming current culture. So you may be saying to yourself, what is current culture? Uh, It's everything from sneakers to apparel to electronics, trading cards, collectibles, art prints, Lego, um, anything that sort of represents what the consumer is talking about, thinking about right now. Now, in terms of that uh, current culture, of course, ever-changing, but the way in which it was interacted with digitally and in e-commerce has changed a lot, uh, progressed, evolved, let's say, over the last several years. From the first days of direct-to-consumer, where people were starting to take advantage of their own relationships with brands that weren't necessarily tied to a specific retailer, to uh, the time when you began at StockX, to today, to this interview. So from that heyday to your first day to today, what have you seen change the most about the way that consumers engage digitally, and what has stayed the same? So... I'm thinking of three things that have changed. The first I would say is the pace. Just things are going faster and faster. Um, A symbol of, you know, the influence of technology, I guess. Um, And the amount of conversion. 15 years ago when I started in um, direct-to-consumer, there were pretty much the early adopters in e-commerce. Maybe some people were converting from offline to online consumption, but it was you know, a smaller sort of more separate Venn diagram. And I think it's converging more, um, more and more. And you have more consumers um, who maybe don't fit the traditional e-commerce consumer profile becoming e-commerce consumers. Um, and so I would say that is also contributing to the change of pace. And then you have just so much convergence, right? There were, I think, brighter lines um, between, it's called, you know, one example might be entertainment and fashion or sport, 
and music. Um, these were sort of more separate quadrants of culture, I think, that are now converging more and more and crossing over. I guess the last thing that has changed is just the nature of the dialogue between brands and consumers, um, which, you know, going back in time was a one-way dialogue. Obviously, the advent of social channels has created faster, more um, frequent conversation. But I think in the very recent times, the emergence of newer platforms has allowed for true two-way conversation. Um, And I think that's really again, fundamentally change the the relationship between the consumer and a brand. Completely new ways to interact truly with this, well, new generation of people, a next generation of consumers, which requires a next-gen experience. Now, you've been at the forefront of that over the last several years with StockX. Thank you for telling me what's changed over time. When it comes to the today, so the most recent part of that last analysis, when decoding what that experience should look and feel like, like from an elemental basis, from its foundation to its frills, let's just say if I were to create a wardrobe on StockX from the shoes I got to wear everywhere to like the watch that I can wear maybe, what are those parts that are essential and what's the cherry on top right now, again, in your experience, for that next gen experience? So I think... What's essential for the next-gen consumer experience? I think truly an omni-channel experience. It's a word we've talked about for a long time in e-commerce and in retail. And I think increasingly that is table stakes, right? A consumer um, who has an experience or an interaction with the brand online wants to have a connected experience with your brand offline. So I think the other piece of it is, you know, really being distributed with your brand presence in the channels where where the consumer lives, in the marketing channels where the consumer lives. And so that means really showing up well and natively and consistently in social channels and in each social channel uh, where your consumer is living, breathing, and consuming content. Um, you know, we've talked again for a long time about having a consistent brand presence in your touch points, but I think today more than ever, the consumer expects to be greeted where they are with a familiar voice and presence from you, the brand. And so that's something we're certainly working on all the time. Yeah. What are some of the recent ways in which you've leaned into that? I mean, meet people where they are is certainly something I've heard about a lot. Uh Meeting the demands of the newest generation of consumers, for sure. I mean, they're more demanding than than most in terms of like sounding, in, in terms of feeling like they want to belong, like they are a value, well, a valued customer. And in turn, that makes them a fan. Are there any specific examples recently that you've built up to meet that demand? Yeah, I mean, we've talked, I think last time we spoke about Discord, uh, and that's an example we go back to often because it is a channel that has emerged over the last 12, 18 months as a place that we as a brand must be uh, and a place that we can engage with our consumers in a very rich way. And, you know, I, I think launching that, continually testing our presence in that channel, expanding our presence in that channel with different content types and engagement platforms. You know, I think also some of these emerging streaming platforms like Twitch, where again, a year ago or 18 months ago, we tested, we sort of gingerly put our toes in the water. And then now fast forward today, we have um, a team of marketers and creatives in Amsterdam activating our brand at TwitchCon as part of our partnership. So I think it's about 
being on the right channels, but also being there in the right ways. Yeah. I think that's the first time I've heard, and it's it's a nice moment for me just in my years of interviewing marketers, but learning about this world. It's the first time a brand, and you've, you've done it now twice, to say, we need to get into Discord. I really haven't heard that. And I can more readily understand activations with Twitch. I think live streaming has a long way to go, even though live commerce is sort of sputtering, at least in the US. That's certainly something I can grasp. Mm. But the Discord thing, I'm going to remember that. Like when Discord, it becomes an essential brand channel, you know, maybe a couple of years down the road in terms of the way that you interact. I'm going to remember that you said it first and you said it twice before anybody, which was <laughs> very notable. So um, let's talk about some ways in which uh, you create magnetic experiences and, and maybe Discord eventually will be one of those where you feel really, really tightly tied to, as a consumer, to StockX. I'm reminded of other players out there right now, I think, who are navigating this digital ecosystem really well. The first one that comes to mind is Nike and Sneakers, just because of the inherently shareable experiences that they allow people to publish as soon as they get or don't get a new drop of shoes. In fact, also on this show, a gentleman by the name of Rob Petrozo, I don't know if you've met him, but he uh, co-founded a platform called Rally and basically said that like he borrowed a lot of those things for his platform because it was so inherently shareable and because it was a way a great way to connect people. Now, marketplaces, I think in general, have an ability to do that more so than their brand counterparts, like the people who would supply that marketplace. Nike sneakers, I think, is a bit of an outlier. But I'm curious how you pull those brand partners along for the ride because I'm guessing that they're not thinking about it or are as connected and like to do it as you are. Do you know what I mean by mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a topic that comes up a lot in our conversations, in our direct brand conversations, because they don't understand this consumer. I'm generalizing, of course, but sure, yeah. by and large, they don't understand this consumer as well as we do. And they don't understand how to reach them and how to be relevant to them. And so I think they do recognize the need, obviously, to show up in the right channels, in the right ways, with the right kind of product, but they are often struggling with the path. And I, I think it's a place um, when we do develop these partnerships, it's a great opportunity because we can bring that. They bring the product, we bring the connection with the consumer. And one of our strong desires every time we partner with a brand or a personality or an entity of any kind, we try to make it feel authentic and be fully integrated, right? We don't like to do these surface level partnerships, but we try to sort of build multiple layers where there's content integration. There's hopefully some unique product involved. There's a tailored or targeted marketing campaign. There maybe is an event. So it becomes more of like an immersive 360 experience um, with that brand partner for the consumer. Let me ask something that's a branch of that. And I don't want to tiptoe, but I want to make sure I ask the question carefully, which is that it seems obvious to me and to you, and thank you for, for noting, that individual brands are behind when it comes to that consumer connection. Obviously, they ultimately want to get there. I mean, do you foresee a time in which they will ever get there to the extent that a traditional marketplace has it? Because if you are going to build genuine fans, my guess is that most people want to do it directly. I mean, that's why DTC rose in you know 15 years ago, as you said, when you, when you were part of the first adoption of it. Do you see brands accelerating even towards you? Or do you think you're accelerating away from them even as you grow? Um, maybe I'm biased. I think we're okay, accelerating. <laughs> I think it's okay. true what you've said about um, brands wanting to establish that direct 
connection with consumers. And I also think sometimes they do that with blinders on without really seeing what the consumer wants. And they're perhaps not asking themselves the question of like, does my consumer really want to have to create credentials and and sign up for loyalty with me and the 10 other brands they interact with as an example, Right. right? I think when you're interacting with a marketplace, one of the great benefits is you can engage with lots of your brands, your beloved brands. And when you're interacting directly with one of those brands, obviously there's tons of value, but I think there is a cost to the consumer to have to sort of give their data, give develop that deep relationship in the way that serves the individual brand's goals. So there is a trade-off there. I think we are accelerating because we are today in line with the way the consumer wants to consume, right? Which is in this sort of eclectic, hybridized fashion, right? There's We use the word multi-hyphenate a lot and we use the word intersection a lot. I think people don't want to look head to toe one brand. They don't have one single passion point. They are complex and um, their interests are complex. And at a place like StockX, they can serve that complexity in one single place. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And that was my inkling as well, that marketplaces are generally going to continue to accelerate away and that brands will always be a bit myopic in the way that they want to attract consumers because it's consumers with an asterisk. It's consumers that consume my thing. Right. Whereas on StockX or on any marketplace, they can consume a bunch of stuff. And the way that you connect with consumers is your, I don't know about secret sauce because it's sauce that's out there. Uh, and, and other people have their other ways. It reminds me, I had a conversation with, with Rakuten and Dana Marino, who's their CMO, another person I should introduce you to. Anyway, <laughs> and they do it through rewards, but everybody's got their thing. And so regardless of what that thing is, I think, yeah, I think they're getting away from brands. We'll see. But that's what well, I, I do want to add one thing, though, because I think there is one element in which brands have been super successful at reaching the consumer. And it's where it comes to life on our platform a lot. So I think it's worth talking about. And this is um, collaborations. I think this has been a trend uh, with our consumer for quite some time now. And we see sort of more acceleration with brands collaborating with, let's say, an incumbent luxury brand collaborating with um a musician or an athlete or with a brand that's sort of adjacent, but not in their direct space. Um, we're seeing this with, you know, Gucci North Face or like any number of the Crocs collaborations. Um, and I think this is one of the, the smartest ways I've seen some of these brands um, reach outside of their comfort zone to connect with consumers. And I'd love to see more of that. I think it speaks to, uh, again, being focused on the customer and the way they consume rather than being focused on the, you know, singular brand goals. I'm right there with you. I think that that's a great point. Borrowing fandoms is a subtopic that we've explored on this show, and it hasn't been with product to product. Actually, it started with getting warranties on product. We had another interview here with a gentleman uh, who runs a company called Extend that does extended warranties. Anyway, he described a flywheel of that where consumers will ultimately want. In his case, it was extended warranties from a singular source. But in your case is they love the idea of those collapsed. They're new. They're fresh. They're things that brands probably aren't thinking about all day, but that somebody like you can and can demonstrate how successful that it is. Gets the people going, gets them excited. This is actually where I want to bleed into the last conversation that I have with you because as we talk about fandom, we talk about fans and turning consumers into fans. You got to talk about the hype that comes along with any new drop, any new collab, anything like that. 
especially since StockX has grown to be a platform for more than just one thing, one category. You can get a whole ton of stuff on StockX. Listeners, you should be going to StockX.com right now while you're listening to this because you have your hands free. But given the volatile nature of some of these things, and I'm talking mostly digital goods and collectibles over the last couple of months, let's say, we're doing this around the middle of 22, what can you and what can brands take away from the hype cycles that dominated their growth to retain engagement from those hyped up consumers once some of those fads start to wane? Well, we talked about the pace of change. And I think... um brands that want to stay relevant need to stay on pace, right? They have to, you know, launching one really great product or collaboration today will sustain you for a little while, but, you know, to stay on in the foreground for the consumer, you as a brand have to continue moving alongside them. And so I think um, you really need a roadmap of continued drops, continued moments. It doesn't have to be drops depending on what business you're in, but continued moments to engage the consumer in sort of a accelerating or crescendoing um, story, right? And, and it could be building on the original moment or it can be a rotating cadence of stories. But I think the consumer's appetite for interaction and for consuming stories is large. And um, you have to be willing to try to satiate that with a strong cadence of content moments and engagement. I think focusing on passion points, for us, that's been super successful, right? Really understanding our consumer. We talk often about how much we listen to the customer. We study the customer. We do um, a broad array of insights work, um, qualitative, quantitative, to really understand our consumer. And then we use that to fuel our decisions. And I think um, the results are showing that the consumer appreciates being heard and being um, observed in that way. Well, that ties back to what next-gen consumers want. They want to feel like they belong. They want to feel individually valued, and they want that individuality to shine. They want to be empowered in that search for it and in that embodiment of it once they do. How relevant and timely, then, it must be for your newest initiative, Own It, which is very aptly named, tries and successfully, I believe, tackles this search and this destination. That's a very broad way to sell it. Could you please describe what own it is for StockX and what you plan to do with it? Yeah, absolutely. So we, just this week, we launched own it as our new brand platform. And it is, you know, you'll see it, if you're watching, you'll see it perhaps, you know, on a digital media channel, on television, you'll see it on in Out of Home, at TwitchCon. We're going to be activating it all over the world and all over the customer journey in order to celebrate individuality, self-expression, and the confidence that comes with really knowing who you are and um, putting it out there for the world to see. You know, we, we talk about as our purpose at StockX, our purpose is really to empower consumers everywhere to participate in culture through their passion points and own it is an ode to that. So this release, which I was just reading a couple days ago, in fact, listeners, you're going to be listening to this probably on Monday the 18th, which means this is like brand new. You'll be able to see it for yourself. And the way that you'll be activating this Own It platform will be in a number of ways, including one, which is described by a word that I first heard by uh, an expert and a consultant in the Gen Z world. It's a guy named uh, Ziad Ahmed. I don't know if you've ever met him, which is 
digital. Let's go back to Discord for a second. This is the way that you are embodying it. I'm curious, in, in your perspective, what are the ways in which uh, the physical and the digital will continue to bleed together, especially in the lens of this next-gen consumer connection and experience? Yeah, I think it's um, it's a fun word. And um, we started using the word digital actually when we launched our um, digital trading platform in January for basically tokens of physical products. And, and we said, this is a digital item, meaning you own a physical item, um, but you have a, a digital token that you can trade to represent uh, your ownership. And I think that is a great way to explain digital. It's sort of the crossover between something that you interact with digitally and something you interact with physically. In our marketing world, that might mean you engage with our brand campaign you know, online, and then you happen to be at TwitchCon and you interact with the brand there in person, or you participate in an Own It-themed um, panel on Discord, and then you go to one of our retail locations to pick up a piece of merchandise that ties back to um, the campaign. So it's, again, that crossover between the digital and the physical, which goes back to a theme we talked about earlier, which is showing up um, in an omni-channel, consistent omni-channel way for the consumer. Right. Yeah, I can't wait to see what how that manifests, especially at TwitchCon, and I'm not going to be in Amsterdam, but <laughs> I'll read about it plenty because I do follow that world, especially in the world of live stream, yeah, in, the, in a real-world Discord experience. Never seen it. Can I use the word hype? Yeah, I'm pretty hyped to see actually how it's going to roll out. Okay, so uh, let me touch on the other F word we'd like to talk about here, which is future as we close. And I'll excuse the multiple word plays here. I'd like to know what you're putting stock into next or what your X factor is for the future. I want to know like what is next for you for stock X. Maybe this is even what is nobody thinking about yet that they should when it comes to this Again, we could say consumer connection experience. This broad stuff that we've been mm. talking about over the last 20 minutes. I'm just curious. I mean, is there some crazy, wacky, wild idea that is just like the roots are, are there but hasn't proliferated? I, I'm, I mean, you seem to be on the cutting edge of pretty much every other way that consumers have connected over the last couple of years. So you might as well be able to tell me about the next <laughs> ones. I wish I had that crystal ball. I um, yeah, me There too. are a few things that we believe are going to be really strong themes for the future. Um, and some of them are themes you might have heard from me Last time we spoke, Adam, um, alt investing, something we talk about a lot, um, the idea of digital or digital assets, having a lot of value, being being highly valued by our consumer um, and being a viable investment vehicle. And so that's something we're going to continue to spend time on. You know, we talked about convergence uh, and used collaborations as one example, collaborations between, say, luxury and um, street brands, for example. I think that's going to continue to happen and sort of this hybridization of um, themes coming together. I think we're going to see that happen more and more. And then, you know, maybe as my last prediction here, something that we're starting to think about a lot, and, and certainly personally, I'm thinking about a lot, is the value of experiences, you know, and how... Um, I think this consumer and this time in life as we're hopefully coming out of a pandemic, there's a high premium on experience. And um, we're thinking a lot about how do we um, help the consumer engage in that. Yeah, that's an area where I'm specifically super interested just because it's been a few years since people have either been comfortable for it and thus a couple of years and, you know, since it's been heavily invested in. And what's old will be new again, almost in that way. But uh, of course, the tech will have evolved 
in a great way and a great deal since. Thank you for telling me all of this, Dina. This has been a wonderfully enlightening again. And uh, listeners, obviously, now you know what StockX is. You should go over there and see what they are doing. Check out this Own It thing and just follow along. Because if the last few years of experience have taught me anything, it's that these folks will continue to be at the cutting edge, That which means that you should be too. Dina, thank you so much for joining me on the show, for peering into the future with me. We'll keep looking for that crystal ball, but for now, I'm very appreciative. Thanks, Adam. Thanks again to Dina Bari from StockX for joining us. Calling it now, as I did on the show, Discord will be a place more brands flock to in the coming years, maybe sooner. And thanks to you, the listener, of course, for exploring the future of fandom with us. I'd encourage you to stay connected. So here's what you do. Go to livelike.com slash podcast and subscribe to the future of fandom wherever you listen. We are also on social at livelike on LinkedIn and on Twitter at livelikeinc. I look forward to predicting the future again with you real soon. And until then, I'm Adam Connor saying so long and thanks for being a fan.